0: Hi, I'm Georgina Hudson from georginahudson.net. This podcast has been created to support you in your path of self-awareness and well-being and to draw a roadmap together that can help you align mind and heart. Today's topic is the second part of Uncovering Myths in Romantic Relationships. I'm excited to be doing this podcast with my love and lifelong partner, like the last time we did it. And for more information about what I do and about me, you can visit my website on georginahudson.net or my Instagram account at georginahudson.coach. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, people? How are you today? I'm very excited to share this second part of the podcast about uncovering myths about love. Um, I'm recording with my partner, my husband, Luciano. Um, and this is all about romantic love and all the ideas and stories that have been sewed around uh, this. Uh, Luciano, my husband, helps me a lot behind the scenes in the podcast. He has trained himself a lot in emotional education. And we usually talk about topics like the one we're going to share today. This is the second part. We have already talked about three of the myths uh, of romantic love. There are many, there are plenty, but we are going to talk about six that we consider the most important um, so, Luciano, hello, and it feels great to be recording this together again.
1: Hello, everyone, and thank you. I like being on the air again. We're recording this second part. It means that I still get the job. <laughs> <laughs> so let's make a summary of the first three myths that we have covered last time. Um, the first one was that in love... There is only one person destined for each one and with whom we will be happy ever after.
0: Yeah, I wanted to um, pause here for a moment because there are so many people who are single and, and anxious and wondering where their love is and there is this totally idealized idea that there is somebody, I don't know, on the other side of the world that is... uh, Waiting for me. Yeah. Like if it were
1: written somewhere with name and last name.
0: Exactly. And that is, you know, something that we need to totally take away, you know, clear from the table because... We choose the person we want to share our lives with. And it all has to do with feeling safe, with feeling good, with feeling happy and fulfilled.
1: And that leads us to the second myth, that if one's partner is the right one, there will be no doubt or uncertainty. You no. Know? And the third one is that my partner is going to complete me and save me.
0: Yeah, there are so many uh, things to unpack here. I'm going to be talking about doubts and uncertainty in a minute because people uh, reached out to us and they said, why did Georgina stay if she had so many questions at the beginning of the relationship? And, you know, so I'm going to be telling you about that, my personal story in a moment. But um, questions, uncertainty doubts are part of the journey and we need to make room for that discomfort and we need to delve into what is going on. Uh, We need to seek help if necessary and we can always talk to the person we are sharing our lives with. It's like you mentioned last time, Luciano, it's about creating the space, the, the safe loving space for Every person or each person to express and to be heard and and for the other person to take note of what their love needs. And about the last one that the person you are sharing your life with your partner has to complete and save you. OMG, there are so many people who suffer because their lives are dependent on what their partners do. And we need to get rid of that as well. It's our job to work on ourselves. Uh, we are a work on, of art in motion and it's our responsibility.
1: Yeah, yeah. We, we have also received many messages about passion, sexual life in couples, which, mm-hmm. is, a, which is a typical topic <laughs> yeah. among couples.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to to elaborate on that in a different podcast, I think, because it's very long but you know, I don't know if you want to Exactly and
1: and it has to do with uncertainty that that we have talked about before. Mm -hmm. When 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 passion goes apparently down, then uncertainty comes. And what do we do?
0: Yeah. That's totally right. Yes, you're absolutely right. And, you know, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about that um, today. But the question of intimacy and sexuality in long-term relationships, and even even if they are not so long-term, even if they are one year old, we need to see What is separating these two people? What is uh, not making them want to be together sexually? Because it might have nothing to do with attraction and a lot to do with things we need to work on with a trained person. So we're going to be talking about that in a moment, but in a summarized way. So um, about our personal story, and I I don't think I ever told you, Luciano... (laughs) But um, when we started going out, I had, I was like super happy because he was the first different person I'd met. I had several boyfriends before you. Mm. Uh, (laughs) 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 Some were very good, very good people. And I'm grateful for them for having been in my life. Uh, But it's true that, you know, when I started to have some hesitation or doubts or uncertainty or you know questions about the relationship or the other person, I ran away. I was a little bit like the film Runaway Bride uh for a long, long time. And then, you know, I I must say I was also in relationships with people that you know the relationship itself wasn't uh healthy at all. So um, what made me stay was that that I didn't have to wear a mask when I was around you. I could be myself. I felt safe. But I do remember. Do you remember the tea ceremony? Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> okay. we had a, for the people, this is something so intimate we never told this to anyone. But we had a tea ceremony in his rooftop. Uh, in the building where he used to live when I met him and it was very zen there wasn't champagne or bubbles or expensive wine but there was some very delicious tea and you know where we were looking you know at the sun going down and you know the night starting and the stars in the sky and it was a very romantic moment and I remember looking at you and saying oh my God, and if this person is falling in love with me, and I am not, and if there is somebody else out there for me, you know, the the first myth we shared, and I, I was like, if I have to go away, because run away again, because I I feel that he is so confident, He how can he be so confident when I have so many doubts, and you know, I'm enjoying this, but at the same time, I'm, Freaking paralyzed. And, you know, I was so stressed. And as you know, our typical stress responses are flight. Flee or freeze? And I think I was freezing so much. I was totally paralyzed um, because of my doubts. And and it wasn't the only time I hesitated about my relationship with you. And, you know, I never told you because I don't think we need to be so open about everything. I didn't want to torture you with my stories and, you know, the things I was telling myself. myself. I, I did share that with my therapist um but I remember I I decided to stay. Every time I wanted to run away, I said to myself, It never worked before, you know, when there were available people who were sweet and nice, you ran away. You didn't talk. And and most probably those relationships were not going to work out anyways, but I didn't even try. And I said to myself, this time I'm going to try. I, I don't want to leave without the sensation. Uh, that I've tried. And so I decided to stay. And every day I decided to stay, something uh, melted away inside me.
1: On on the other hand, you were paralyzed, perhaps smiling because I didn't notice. And and I was like... (laughs) I I love you so much. (laughs) And and you were thinking to run away. away.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I was studying uh, drama that time. Maybe I'm a very good actress. No, I do remember I didn't want to torture you, you know. I, I do feel that it's. There is a lot of room to have uncomfortable conversations, but when it comes to should I run away or should I stay, should I stay or should I go, like the song goes, (laughs) I don't think it's something we should be sharing with our partners, but we should be working on ourselves, you know? And so for the people who ask me, you know, it's just personal anecdote. My story doesn't have to be your story, but if it helps you, I just wanted to give it a go and see how it turns out. Look at us. We have been together for 16 years. Okay. So um, perhaps another myth
1: is one that is related to the third myth we talked before. Before we have talked about when my partner is going to complete me and save me. That is related to a dependence. So what if we talk about independence? So when I am committed to my partner, I cannot be independent. That is another myth. Yeah. It is more or less the opposite than, than the previous one well, when it is related to dependency. But thinking that when I am committed, I will lose my independency. That, yeah. that is another myth.
0: Yeah. or Or... Or, not even that. It's like, okay, if I'm going to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a partner, then it means uh, I'm not going to see my family again or I'm not going to see my friends again. And it means I have to be all the time with him or with her or with them, you know? And, well, this is a huge, huge myth. You were talking about. Yeah, it is
1: about a balance. As As long as I can strike a happy balance between my commitment. And my independence to do what uplifts my spirit from a hobby to studying to seeing friends, whatever. I will be more emotionally attuned to my partner. So the two complement each other.
0: Exactly. I couldn't agree more. So, you know, commitment and independence should fit each other. And I always say to my clients uh, when I notice part, uh, patterns, I say there is an excess of something there or there is a lack of something there. And, you know, if there is an excess of always being together and glued together, then for sure there's going to be a lack of self-care or a space of a spaces for myself, etc., And the other way around, if there is an excess of time on my own and I'm doing things uh, with my girls and I'm, you know, I go out and I don't even care to tell you, etc. Then it means there is a lack of, you know, communication and including you in my plans. So, as always, um, the challenge is striking that uh, happy balance.
1: Okay. And anything else you can think of?
0: Um, yeah, I I want to say something else about this because I hear so many clients who feel anxious once they start a relationship because they feel like a lot of their um, space has been gobbled up by the relationship. And I think that um, it's important to dedicate my times outside my relationship. But that needs to happen within the framework of, of respect and, and agreement that I have with my partner. So we need to sit down and we need to talk about what we agreed to be doing and what is going to be respectful for both. And I can imagine right now somebody, and, and to be honest with you, I've heard a client saying this, but, you know, who, who feels hurt every time Uh, Her partner tells her that he's going to play football and then he comes back home super late because he's been partying with his friends. And, you know, she feels hurt because she feels like she's um, invisible, that she has told him a thousand times that she doesn't like him returning so, so late and that she misses him, that she needs him. So, um as always, there will be people who are going to celebrate this and who are going to say, okay, yes, go out, play football, return, and time you please, it's okay with me. I-, I love that. And then that gives them permission to, the, to do the same too. But there are also other people who are like my client, you know, who feels triggered uh, because her partner uh, leaves her alone so frequently. So... Um, this is a wonderful opportunity to have the uncomfortable conversations, to talk, to listen, to see what each person is willing to do uh, for the sake of the couple. And, And all this from a very healthy place, of course, because we don't want to be restricting and we don't want to swallow up our pain either. So, um yeah, it is about
1: respect. Respect my couple, my partner, and respect myself too.
0: Yeah, exactly. I which think is, it's the other way is around. Which different to, yes. to selfishness, right? Exactly, yes. I think respecting our values, respecting ourselves, and giving ourselves permission to be ourselves uh, is uh, like the first thing. And then respecting the couple, I think, right? Um, and then I can think about another myth, and this is uh, connected to uh, the many, many messages we received about sex. And perf- perhaps another myth is uh, that desire should be unstoppable and it should arise as naturally as at the beginning stages, Um Desire will vary from person to person to start with, you know, we are all very different and, you know, um, desire is not standard, but I do feel that in the first stages or at the beginning stages of flirting and trying to, you know, pick you up, so to speak, and not knowing what will happen, uh, with with you that I like, um, It's natural for anyone at that stage to have a strong desire and strong need to have intimate um, intimacy or intercourse with the other person most of the time. And it happens effortlessly because uh, when we are at the beginning stages of a relationship, we don't see the other person completely. We just want them. The word Want is literal. We want them. We want to have them. We want to commune with them. We, we, we are desperate. We are insecure. We, we don't know if what is going to happen with that person. And it's all very seductive and it's shadows and lights at the same time. And then as the relationship consolidates and uh, people start living together and that thing, the object of desire, what I wanted becomes part of my life then what happens so here we have a challenge we have a challenge because we can deepen the relationship we can move to the next level together and I don't know if you agree with me but the commitment is to seek moments of intimacy taking into account what I know my partner likes and what he or she needs and also talking about this, you know, we we have been through so much that we can sh- we will share this in a different podcast. Yes, totally, because it is very
1: extent. So I think it, it all comes down to to the desire to to work on the different aspects of the of the relationship. It is not only about passion. Desire, of course, it must have uh that that should be that should exist um but it it has to do with many many things it is a completely separate podcast
0: yeah and 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 we we need to define passion too because Mm. you know for the person who hasn't had any uh sexual intimacy with their partners uh, they might be triggered if they listen there should be passion so i want to say here uh there will be seasons for everything. And, you know, um, I would probably ask myself if at the beginning I was willing to wear my high heels and my nice clothes and go out and not even have to spend a lot of money, but, you know, have a tea ceremony that, <laughs> as we did. Um, and, you know, and I... And I was so eager to listen to you and, and I wanted you to touch me and I was so like moved by your touch. What can we do now? If that for some reason has faded away and maybe that reason has a lot to do with personal issues and not something connected with the couple. But what can we do to help each other, to help each other defrost, so to speak?
1: By the way, high heels is okay. Good idea. idea. So (laughs) let's think about, uh, let's talk about some other myth. And that is opposites attract, Mm -hmm. you know, some differences may spice up the relationship, but two people who are exact opposites can end up hurting each other because they may not even understand what's going on with the other. Mm -hmm. So there must be differences, otherwise, it would be boring.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But what's that difference?
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, I think we need to define that, right? Exactly, because there will be differences.
1: Yeah, oh, you know, there will be differences, but values, mission, ambition of the, of the couple, mm-hmm. um, that is essential.
0: Yes, exactly. So, one thing is defining what we mean by opposites attract each other, right? And so there will be differences because we come from different families, because we were raised by different people in different ways. Uh, But as long as we share the same values, as long as we have the same vision of what we want and we are walking towards the same place, I think we're in a good place, right?
1: Right, totally, totally agree. Okay, so... Georgie, could could you give us uh, an example of uh, a couple that could be like completely different and opposite, and and that could uh, at some point jeopardize the relationship, or that could represent a very huge challenge to this relationship?
0: Yeah, I'm not saying that this is not going to work out because, of course, there are. So many different love stories and the idea of the podcast is to demystify love, you know, um, the myths about love, sorry. Uh, but I am thinking about more examples like, you know, an executive woman who falls in love with a guy who lives in a hippie community. And at first, the differences can be funny. They can be very, very attractive. But what is going to happen later? Uh, What is going to happen when the executive woman and the hippish guy from the community uh, discover that there isn't compatibility in the way they imagine living together? Because she wants to live in her super comfortable, huge, Apartment and he wants to live in his community and and they want to have children but they want to raise them differently. The ship- about the education school exactly no, yes they- and even if they want to have children, you know what's going to happen there? Are they going to succeed? Maybe, maybe they find the their common ground. But I think we are referring to that when we talk about. People who are completely opposites. What is that myth about opposites attracting each other? And there is something else which is an even bigger topic to unpack. And this is about people who are used to toxic relationships and people who are used to... um, Unpredictability, chaos, who never know what the other person is going to throw at them, Uh, whether the other person is going to call back or message back or going to even turn up at the date or the place where they were supposed to meet with other friends or alone. That could be very attractive for people who are used to toxic relationships. And that's why we all need a roadmap. To have and enjoy a healthy relationship. Like when I was sharing with you what happened to me when I met Luciano, who is right here by my side, <laughs> uh, where I felt safe after two very toxic relationships. And we're going to leave this for a different podcast, yeah, I think.
1: Because it, it combines uncertainty and, and extreme differences. So, yeah. it, it, so to summarize, we have agreed on the following myths that there is only one person meant for each one and with whom we will be happy ever after, Mm -hmm. uh, that the other person... If the other person is the right one, there will be no doubts or uncertainty. Like the name is written somewhere and I'm going to find you and and I will have no doubts about it. And that my partner is going to complete me and save me. Is, mm-hmm. That is another myth. Yeah. Three we have covered in the first first podcast. And today we have talked about commitment and independence. Mm-hmm. There is commitment. There is no independence. That is another myth. That the desire is unstoppable, as at the beginning of the relationship. Otherwise, when desire is gone, there's no true love.
0: Yeah, yeah. That is huge. huge
1: Yeah, uncertainty comes, love disappeared, another myth. Um, Finally, that opposites attract. There may, be, there may be differences. Differences are expected. <laughs> different different people. So.
0: Yes, differences are exactly. expected. And I wanted to say, Luciano, that I'm first of all, we are so grateful that you have summarized everything for us. It's always wonderful, as you know. I tend to ramble and to talk a lot about everything I say in my podcast. Uh, so I'm going to start asking you to help me here.
1: So I still have a job. You okay. still have
0: a job. Uh we both hope you liked this podcast in two parts we appreciate your opinion and recommendation on any of the platforms that you are listening to us and thank you for being there and for the time being a big big hug. hug